This is Happy to Your Career, episode 106. And, and that's very much what it's like when you understand and get to use your strengths. It feels much more like coming home. And that's not to say that there won't be challenges, and that's not to say that you won't push yourself um, within those strengths, and that's not to say that you know everything's going to work out perfectly for the end of time and unicorns are going to come back and like there's going to be people playing flutes and stuff. Not that at all. But it is to say that it, it's a com- much different feeling a much different association than what most people would imagine. It feels much more like that coming home, that returning to something familiar. If this is the first time that you've listened to happen to your career and you're still trying to figure out what it is that you want to be doing, then here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to pause it and text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470. And what we'll do is we will enroll you in our figure it out mini course that helps you figure out what you want to be doing. You should be doing based on your strengths and what you want in your life, or you can visit figureitout.co. So simply text HTYC to three, eight, four, seven, zero. We'll get you all set up. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. Hey, it's Scott, and this is Happen Your Career. This is the show where we help you figure out what you should be doing for your career and your life and then actually make it happen. This is this is one of the, quite frankly, the most, most fun parts of my week when I actually get to communicate with you about how to get closer and closer to what it is that you, you should be doing, work that you should be doing, work that you're excited about, whatever that is for you, whether that's a job, whether that's a business, whatever it is, and more importantly, however that is. Uh, here's what we're going to talk about today. Last week, we did part one of the figure out what fits set of episodes. And this is, uh, this is, this is, I think, one of my favorite things, partially because, you know, this process that we use with our coaching clients, this process that we teach in our, in our premium course called figure out what fits, um, this process that, that we use uh, basically for everything that we do is we, uh, well, I, I developed it for myself way back when, because it's what I was struggling with. I was trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to be doing because I was, I was in what I thought was my, my dream job at the time. And I'd had a couple of those where, where I felt like they were my dream job. And then as my wants and needs changed uh, in, in my life, you know, things like having little kids and, and, you know, things like, um, realizing that there's, there's other stuff out there, realizing that, uh, you know, I wanted to go back to owning a business, you know, all of these sort of things, um, not necessarily creeping in, but my circumstances changing and, realizing that what I was doing at the time, even though I enjoyed it and especially enjoyed it when, when I started and it was like, Hey, if I would, could describe, you know, the types of jobs that I I wanted and, and really lined up, put those things on paper. Then I had a couple of those in a row that perfectly fit what I was looking for at the time and paid very well too. So 
I was very, very, very fortunate in that regard. But I realized also that, you know, as, as my needs and wants changed, um, and as, as I got to know myself even better, that these, uh, that there had to, had to be more to, you know, more to my life and what I wanted to be doing and, and what mattered to me. But at the same time, I really struggled with figuring out how to get there. So I spent about a year, um, yeah, pretty much a solid year. Maybe it was longer than that. Really just reading anything that I could find, immersing myself, trying to figure out, you know, with, with many of, many of the experts, uh, that are, that are currently out there really just trying to understand and embed myself in this. And then I read an awful lot of books, uh, listened to, listened on a whole bunch of audio books, listened to some podcasts, um, on and on and on. But anything that I could find about the subject of really getting clarity about what I want and what I should be doing in, in my life. And then through that, ended up taking a lot of that information and creating my own process for myself. And um, you know, that's, that's the process that we, we've talked about a little bit up till now. That's the process that, um, I, I know and love and have found that works for, um, everybody that we come into contact with. So that's how we started using it with our, with our coaching clients and, and everybody else and teaching it through happened to your career. Okay. But here's the, here's the thing that process isn't necessarily any good if you can't overcome some of the mental barriers that uh, that are currently stopping you that you don't even know in many cases are currently stopping you. This is this is a major major thing, and you've probably heard this saying before from various different people, and I 100% agree with it. It's it's not going to be external circumstances that stops you; it's going to be you stopping you from whatever it is that you want, what you're doing. First of all, with defining really what it is that you want and should be doing. That's going to be you. That's going to be you holding your back. And then later with actually getting to the matter of doing it, that's going to be you holding you back. Not, not external circumstances. External circumstances, they play a role. But what I found is, you know, with, with uh, what we teach, it's, it's very much more often you. Okay, so it's the, it's the person in the mirror. And, you know, I found the same truth for, for me too. So last time we got to talk about, you know, five things that are stopping you. This time we continue our conversation with these mental barriers and what can be holding you back. So I've got a whole list of them. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about some of the most common and most important ones. So what you might find as you listen to this, that you resonate with some of these um, and not with others. And you might find that later on, you know, uh, six months from now or three months from now or something like that, that you didn't even know that one of these was playing a role in your life. Uh, But as you've started to wake up and, and pay attention, then, you know, you start to discover that it is. And I've probably experienced almost all of these for myself, I think. I think. So before we get into it though, you know, what, what is a mental barrier in the first place? And you you hear it really commonly when you're talking about athletes or, you know, people that are in, in doing performance training of any kind, you know, whether that is lifting weights or whether that is, you know, training for the Olympics or whether that is, you know, whatever, whatever it is, that's, that's much more common term in that space than it is in the general public. So those, those mental barriers are 
really just self-imposed thoughts or considerations or perceptions even that you put upon yourself and your mind reinforces. Your brain is actually reinforcing these things through a variety of methods. Okay, so that's that's all it really is. It's just it's it's head junk that you're carrying around, some of which you might know you are, some of which you don't even know you are. And these mental barriers really end up putting limitations on what it is that you can do or what it is that you will consider for your own life. Um, part of this comes from, like I said, perceptions. Part of this comes from things that you've experienced in your life, things that people have told you that, you know, this is the way the world works, or you can't do this, or you shouldn't do this, or, you know, this doesn't work because of this. Um, and very, very often, this comes from different types of, of negative reinforcement, or um, not even necessarily negative reinforcement. In some cases, it's much more naive uh, reinforcement through through social, through groups, through learning, through um, things that you've experienced in your life. So this can this can I mean this can come from everywhere. Initially, it can come from you know how your family brought you up. It can come from you know the types of people that you hang out with uh, for your friends and just what they believe and the types of values that they share and what they place importance on and what they believe is possible or not possible. Um, and you know, all that stuff gets embedded in you over time. And that's where very often some of these mental barriers or these, they also might be called limiting beliefs in some cases. Um, I've heard them called invisible scripts. That comes from a guy named Ramit Sethi. Um, I've heard, uh, you know, I've heard them called lots and lots of different things. Ultimately, it, it's all the same stuff. It's stuff that's running in the back of your head. It's stuff that is stopping you from really achieving your own potential. And it's stuff that's stopping you from really actually truly being you in a way that's going to impact the world uh, in a very positive manner that you actually want to. So living in a way that's unapologetically you. You've heard us talk about that before. Okay. So let's, let's get to a few of these and help you understand what, uh, what this actually means. Now that we've defined what mental barriers are, uh, one of them, I hear this all the time. I get emails on this all the time in various different forms. You can't have your passion and get paid for it. You know, this is, so this, this comes in a lot of different formats and I'll even read you one email, uh, that I got, I don't know how recently, but I, I pulled it up. I've got like. Um, 600 something emails that say essentially the same thing. Um, I file them all into, into Gmail and, you know, be able to, to pull them out because it helps me understand, you know, who I'm working with and it helps me understand, uh, the best way that I can, I can help those, those people. So here's an example. This one says I've been, or I make the primary income for my family, and it's been that way since my family began. This is what led me to my current career in the current place. I was not particularly drawn to the field, so this is how she ended up there. But, you know, it's something that took only, you know, a few years of schooling to get into and have the biggest ROI. I, and I'm assuming she's talking about monetary ROI on, on that. You know, I, I made it through school, got good grades, but uh, uneasiness in per, my profession follows me in every setting that I try. You know, I could leave the profession altogether, but my income would drop by almost 60% from what I have seen. I could probably make it work, 
But when I start talking about downsizing and cutting expenses, my husband kind of starts to freak out. So, you know, she's, she's looking at it in, in, in this particular way where she's saying, Hey, you know, I could, I could leave, but I'm going to make less money. And I, and I think that that is, that is one of those limiting beliefs. That's one of those mental barriers. Why is it that many of us think that if we're doing something that we enjoy, we have to make less money? My experience is actually the opposite way. Um, well, it's the opposite way when there's a few circumstances in place. And what I mean by that is when you are not just not just doing something you enjoy, but doing something that you are particularly good at. And in fact, going so far to say doing something that really leverages what we call your signature strengths, those things that you are phenomenal at, but also really enjoy at the same time. And you have that crossover and that when developed over time and leveraged over time, you know, you can, you can easily be, uh, you know, one of the, one of the best in the world in, in those, those categories. So those are things, think about it this way. Those are things that you do better than almost anyone else. And you have those things. You may not necessarily know what they are, um, but they're there. They're there. And you have a unique combination of those things too. Okay. So, um, this whole, you can't have, you can't have your passion and get paid. Or I would, you know, I've, I've got, uh, I've got some funny perceptions around the word passion because it gets so tossed around and everything like that. So I would even throw in, you know, you can't do what you actually want to be doing and get paid for it. I disagree. Um, our business is, is proof positive. You know, this is, this is something that I love doing. This is something I got up at, as I'm recording this, it's, let's see, 6.57 a.m. I've been up for three hours now. Um, so this is, <laughs> this is something I continue to get up at, uh, you know, four, four thirty AM, uh, four. And if I didn't enjoy doing it, if I didn't look forward to it, um, I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do that for, I don't know, between two and three years now at, at this point in time. And, you know, I, I, I think the same thing for, for you now, what that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that just because you found something that you enjoy, it doesn't mean that you know, everything is going to be just like, um, I don't know, roses and whatever else it's, it's still going to be hard and, and, and that sort of thing. And that's certainly the case for our business, but overall, you know, this is something that I really, truly enjoy and I get to use and leverage, um, a whole bunch of the strengths that I have. And, you know, we are, uh, in, in what we do, you know, we are, we are one of the best in the world at it. Um, partially because there's not that, you know, not that many types of businesses that do the exact same type of thing that, that we do in the way that we do. So that's, that's one part of it, but that's also what you find once you get really, really in tune with your strengths and what you uniquely bring to the table based on your strengths and knowledge and interest and, and I'll say it passions. Um, and then once you do that, I find again and again, when you leverage that, you end up getting paid more than other people. It's just most people never understand that and never leverage it. So this is a perception that that people have because they're looking at it from the standpoint of, oh, well, you know, within the within the realm of what I know, um, if I were to go do something that uh, that sounds really good, then I've got to take a 60% pay cut or, you know, I, I could do that, but nobody's going to pay me for this, this other thing. And again, that's a mental barrier. Um, not every person, but 
at least half of them, it's a well over half of the people that I come into contact with experience some form of that. Well, I don't really like my job all that much, but you know, I make, uh, you know, I, I make good money and whether good money to you is, um, $65,000 a year, or I was talking to somebody the other day that makes, um, I don't know, I think like 200 something, 230 or $240,000 a year. Uh, I can't quite remember. And, it, and you know, that's good money to them that that's going to change slightly, but they're looking at it as, Hey, nobody else is going to offer me this for something that I want to be doing too. And I disagree. I disagree partially because I have seen it, uh, partially because I've experienced it myself and partially because I know where that comes from that gets perpetuated in, in our society that, uh, that work is something that you can't enjoy. And if you do enjoy it, then you can't get paid for it. And that those are to some degree mutually exclusive. So that, that becomes a mental barrier that's embedded in a lot of different people. And maybe you've experienced that too. Okay. So, uh, and I'll give you one example of that too. Um, Jody Mayberry, who's been on the show before, he's one of the best people that I've ever met about telling stories and helping other people tell their story. He's just phenomenal at that. It was something that he can't stop doing. It was also something for a very, very, very long time he didn't embrace. It, it was something that he certainly didn't embrace in his business, even though he knew that he kind of wanted to, kind of wanted to do that. He didn't really think that he could get paid for it. So um, he and I worked together for a little while, and you know we've we've long since become friends. He was a listener to the show. Um, who knows if he's listening right now? Hi, Jody. But uh, you know, he, he was, I remember meeting with him in, in Starbucks at one point as he is passing through, he and I live in the same state, but completely different cities, um, you know, near other side of the state and, you know, having the frank conversation of, you know, why aren't you doing the things that you can't not stop doing? And that is tell, telling stories. And he was, <laughs> when you ask the guy a question, he'll answer it with, have I told you the story about what, what, you know, whatever it happens to be, whatever it happens to pertain to at the time. Have I told you the story about, you know, the sandwich in the, in the porta potty? No, no, Jody, haven't told me that story, but then he'll answer it with a, with a, with one of those stories. He cannot stop doing this. And he had not embraced that and really didn't understand that to be a strength of, of his, uh, but there's, you know, there are very limited number of people in the world that can do it in the way that he can do it. Um, so you have that too. You've got those exact same things too. And now that he's embraced that man, he gets paid a whole lot more in his business. He's restructured his business and his main products at this point, his main services, actually, they are, um, cater to that. And guess what? You know, he, uh, he has a lot of different, uh, a lot of different clients that pay him premium dollar at this point, because quite frankly, he is, he is one of the best out there at, at these type of things. So that's what I want for you too. But again, you know, that's, it, it, it is a mental barrier. It is a belief. It is also false. Here's another one. Another one that pops up again and again is I am not good enough. I'm not, and there's various different forms. You know, this pops up in the way that, you know, they can do that, but I don't think I can do that. 
And this pops up in, in other forms like, well, they, uh, you know, I've, I've seen people be successful in, in this particular area. And I know that it's possible and everything like that, but I just don't think it's possible for me. So this comes from a whole bunch of different places. And this is also something that I think everybody experiences to varying degrees on one end of the spectrum. It might be a passing flitting thought. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it's totally debilitating. And, um, but it also might come up as in different forms too. You might not say to yourself, Hey, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Um, you might not say to yourself exactly what, uh, what I talked about before, but instead it'll pop up in other forms where you find yourself even avoiding that saying, yeah, that's great for them. But you know, I've got other stuff going on or, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll pop up in, in various different forms. So this again is a mental barrier. Now here's, here's the reality is that, you know, with, with my business, um, now I'm I'm just I'm just a normal person. I'm from you know small town Bonners Ferry, Idaho. That's originally where I'm where I'm from. You know didn't didn't have tons of tons of stuff that was uh, special growing up or anything like that. I had two great parents, but um, you know that uh, that's about it. And you know we grew up fairly fairly poor, and. You know, had a lot of fun. Had two uh, two uh, two sisters that grew up similar age to me, and uh, but but the reality is, you know, I'm I'm proof positive that you don't necessarily need a, a whole you don't necessarily need a whole lot. You don't need to you don't need to be special if you want to call it that in order to be able to do what you want. And I think that uh, instead of really looking at it as as you know I am special or I am good enough or I am not good enough or any of those contacts. It's really about finding the things that are different and unique and, and special to you. So that's a different way to look at it because truly you are good enough, but the challenge is you don't necessarily know which parts of you are good enough. So think about it in that context too. Hey, if I could interrupt for just a second, I really want to share this story with you. So I want you to meet Suzanne. I'm Suzanne Waslu adams I live with my husband and our two dogs in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Now, Suzanne's been working in the same job for quite a while now. For the last 10 years, I've worked as a color lab technician. Before she found us, though, in our eight-day course, she, well, here she is. I knew I needed a change. I had some ideas about what I wanted out of a career, but I felt unfocused and couldn't bring myself to finally making a decision. Does that sound familiar at all? Because I know I've been there. What amazed me the most about working through the course was the insight I gained about myself. Upon completing the exercises, I discovered that I needed to be producing detail-oriented, creative work that reflected who I am. Now, I thought this was pretty cool when she dropped me an email about her decision and what the course did for her. The course helped me gain clarity, and I figured out that I want to be running a business that showcases my creative spirit. Since then, I've created an action plan with steps that lead to self-employment and work that I love. Now, Suzanne wants to take her artwork that she does, and it's pretty amazing, and turn that into a business. And that is awesome for her because that's what she figured out that she wants. Now, if you want to figure out what you want, here's all you have to do. You can go ahead and go to figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. Or you can text HTYC 
3840. That's HTYC. Text it on over to 38470 and we'll get you enrolled in the course for free. And here's another one. Here's another one that pops up all the time. And now we're getting into a little bit of of the fears. You know, sometimes fear drives some of these mental barriers too. And one of those fears is everything hinges on this. And that's also a mental barrier at the same time. So here's what I mean by that. People get into this and they're like, well, I want to do something different. I know that I want to make a career change. I know that what I'm doing right now is like the polar opposite of what I what I should be doing, right? I, I know that, um, or, you know, maybe it's not even that extreme. Maybe it's a, I know that I want to be doing something more. I know that I want to be making a different impact. I know that, you know, I'm rocking my job and they're paying my, me well or whatever it happens to be. Um, but I know that I don't want to be doing this forever because I know that I want to leave a different mark on the world and do something that matters to me more so than what I'm doing right this very second. Okay. Here's what, uh, what goes through people's minds a lot of the time is, okay, I have to decide. I have to decide on what's going to be perfect for me. I have to decide. And, and people put all this pressure on, on themselves to decide. First of all, that's crazy. Who can decide anything with that amount of pressure? That's nuts. Um, but we build it into this absolutely huge thing, this absolutely massive thing. And then, then we can't decide like when there's so much pressure on it and so much is relying on that one single decision, you're probably not going to decide and it becomes self-defeating. And that happens. Um, geez, I've seen, (laughs) we've worked with so many people where that's been the case. So simply taking a step forward, any step forward is going to be better than building up the pressure and not deciding at all. Because even if you don't decide at all, my friend, Mark Sievercrop, who helped me co-found, uh, happened to your career. He, uh, he says all the time, you know, (laughs) even if you decide not to decide, that's still a decision. You're still making a decision. So you might as well make a decision that is actually going to be useful and valuable to you and deciding not to decide isn't a good decision. Um, so if everything hinges on this, that's not going to be a helpful, nor is it a productive way to be able to move forward. Instead, here's how I want you to think about it and how we establish this, this framework. Um, this is the same framework we use and figure out what fits our premium course is the same framework that we use in, in everything that we teach. Um, when you make a next step decision that is going to lead you to other decisions and decisions are powerful. Both decisions and declarations are absolutely powerful because when you, when you do that, you change mindset, you change to, okay, now that I've decided I'm going to do this, how can I do this? And here's what happens in most people. Most people don't want to make the decision. Actually, almost everybody. This is a, as near as I can figure out. And I don't know the science behind this or where this comes from or anything else along those lines. I'd like to find out though. So if you've, if you've read anything or heard anything or, you know, uh, point me in the direction of somebody who, uh, who understands the science behind this particular piece, cause I, I don't, but I observe it over thousands of people. Um, people have a tendency to want to figure out how it's going to be done first and then decide after they know <laughs> 
know how it's going to be done. But in reality, it doesn't work that way. In reality, um, you're going to make the decision first for what you want to do. And then that gives you the ability to figure out how you're actually going to do it. So four happened to your career, made the decision that I was going to leave my job. And, you know, again, this was my dream job. This is an amazing job. They've been extremely supportive company. This was, um, yeah, I worked with them for, for years. I worked with them for a couple of years, had a great experience even before I made this decision, but I decided I was going to leave my job and I was going to help people with their careers. Now there was a lot more to it than, than just that, but just putting it down to the decision standpoint, once I did that, I was able to start to see that, okay, now that I've made this decision, what is the best way I can go about making this happen? What is the best way I can, I can go about making this thing actually a reality? And then that, that puts you into a different mindset. It puts you into a action taking mode because decisions, um, one of my, one of my favorite quotes is that, you know, once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. Absolutely love that quote. I found it to be true again and again and again. And the main driver for that is um, commitment. Because once you make a decision, there's actually a commitment there. Most people, most of us, we don't want to make a commitment. That is reality. Commitment is scary. Like commitment means you have to actually do something. Commitment implies accountability. And accountability sucks. Like I know I talk about accountability all the time, but let's be honest. (laughs) Nobody really likes accountability. They like what you get from accountability. Uh, maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's some of you who are crazy out there that just absolutely love accountability. But my opinion is that, (laughs) that accountability is not necessarily the fun piece of it. Uh, It's the, what, what accountability gets you. That's the fun piece of it. Um, and it's kind of the same thing in, in, for like working out or something else along those lines. You know, I, I do find that when I, I get into working out, sometimes I will be enjoying myself, but other times I will not be excited at all. It'll be hard. And what I do really love is at the results that I get after I spend the time working out, after the after I actually force myself to go for a run, um, after I, you know, whatever it is. And the same thing, it works the exact same way here. So making that that commitment has, has uh, it ends up putting you on the fringes of accountability. And that's, that's what allows you then to be in a different mindset. And this is how this stuff works together to start immediately figuring out what it is or how it is, I should say that you're going to get there now that you've made the decision or declaration to be able to make that happen. But again, this comes from the mental barrier. This all comes from the mental barrier of everything hinges on this and this inclination to want to figure out the how prior to the what. So you can, you can work through this by getting to this decision and using the framework that, uh, that we teach to in, in whatever format. Okay. So, um, that's that, that's that whole, I don't, um, well, really it's the combination of two, everything hinges on this, that mental barrier. And then the, I don't want to put effort into it because it might not work out. Um, those things lend to each other very, very well. And they feed on each other too. And they end up again, causing people to either perceive that they shouldn't go forward with something or that they can't go forward with something. And again, that's a self self limiting belief or a mental barrier. It's something that is head junk that is stopping you that you may not even realize that you're doing. Many people don't. Okay. Here's another one. Stuff that comes easy can't be valuable. 
Stuff that comes easy can't be valuable. So we just talked about Jody, right? Jody was a great example in this. Um, I love using Jody as an example, partially because he's a friend now and uh, partially because um, he just he's running a phenomenal business at this point. I'm, I'm really proud of the guy. And um, uh, for him, like telling stories and having this type of interaction with people is something that he can't stop doing. It comes easy to him. It absolutely comes easy. But what we think for ourselves We have a tendency to undervalue that or to devalue that entirely. So for me, you know, for me, this is, this is the types of things like having really fairly difficult conversations with people or saying, you know, saying what, uh, what I actually mean, uh, um, actually a better way to put that would be, um, saying the things that other people wouldn't say. Yeah, that, that's something that comes much easier to me than other people like that. That is, that's a kind of a funny skill or strength. It's not something that everybody has, but it's something that comes much, much easier to me than most other people out there. It's also something that allows me to build trust fairly quickly. It's also something that allows me to, um, build a deeper level connection when I'm working with people one-on-one or meeting people for the first time or, or whatever else. So that's, that's the strength. And you have these same types of things. There are things that come easy to you that you think can't be valuable because you think, well, it's easy for me. It's probably easy for everybody. That's usually, um, the passing thought that goes through. You might not even realize that you've, you've thought that in the past too, but you've got these, you've got these same strengths and it comes out in the stuff that you can't stop doing, but when you're actually doing it, you often don't know that you were doing it. So I was talking to somebody the other day, um, and you know, he was saying that, um, you know, I, I was telling, he was taking me through how he gets stuff done, and I was asking him about, you know, his his uh, his track record and and you know some of the his successes in the past, and we got to the point where I realized that you know one of the things that he cannot stop doing is he cannot stop organizing stuff. He cannot stop making lists. Um, he, he can actually not stop putting stuff into order. Like he he can't stop doing that. Like that that's going to happen, uh, whether he wants it to or not. Like he cannot stop doing that. And, and that's actually one of his strengths. Like that's something that is not easy for everyone uh, to be able to take uh, take something that is is messy and take something that is a problem and be able to organize it into order and put it, take it from uh, this really messy problem sort of thing or project or whatever it happens to be. It applies to everything for him and condense it down into a way that makes sense, that creates order and that creates um, solvability. And, you know, that's, that's what he does. And you see that in every single aspect of, of his life. And that is very, very, very valuable. It's very valuable to organizations. It's very valuable to, you know, if he were running his own, own thing, it's very valuable to him on a, on a personal level. Um, but he undervalued it and really didn't think it was that big of a deal, quite frankly, because he just does it. And doesn't think about it. Doesn't have to think about it because it's easy to him. But for you or I, 
you know, maybe I have to spend a whole bunch of time thinking about this and it's, it's intense. Like if I'm doing the same thing, I, I have to spend a whole bunch of extra thought. It's going to take me three times as long and I'm probably not going to do as, as good of a job. Like that's just the reality. So, you know, this is, uh, this is one of, uh, one of our clients that, uh, been working with here And again, you have these same things. You just don't know it. So stuff that comes easy can't be valuable. That's a, that's a mental barrier. Um, I want you to twist that around and say, look, what is it? What are those things that I can't stop doing that I take for granted that not necessarily everybody else does in that same way? Or maybe it's a little weird or maybe people thank you for it. Or maybe people tell you all the time and like, yeah. And you're like, eh, it's no big deal, whatever. Um, you've got these things too. You've got these things. You might know what some of them are. You might uh, probably don't know what most of them are. You probably don't know what all of them are, I guess I should say. Okay, so the last one that I want to cover before we stop and uh, before we before I tell you a little bit more about what's coming up here too is the, how shall I put this? There's There's only one thing that is my passion. This one is, <laughs> well, uh, I, I want you, if you haven't already, um, go back and listen to episode, I think it's 103 with Emily Wapnick. We had a great discussion on this, but so many people come to me and they're like, I just want to find my, my passion and I just can't identify what that is. And I just, I don't know how to do it, but when I get it, you know, I'll know, I'll know. And uh, we've, we've got this misperception that like our passion is just going to come down from the clouds and, you know, it's going to be <laughs> flown in on, I don't know, unicorns with wings or something. And there's gonna be rainbows and butterflies and it's going to be awesome. Right. Um, and, and that's really not the way that it works at all. When you start to understand what you're great at and what you enjoy, it feels much more like coming home. That's the best way that I can describe it. And I've been trying to trying to think of different analogies and collecting different ways to describe it for many, many years. But but to me and to many of the people that I've worked with, it feels much more like coming home. Like when you've been when you've been away for a long period of time and you come home, you come back home you feel that familiarity and you feel that sort of comfort in, you know, what it is that uh, you're surrounded by. And it feels, it feels good. It feels, um, sort of normal and it feels, it feels authentic. And, And that's very much what it's like when you understand and get to use your strengths. It feels much more like coming home. And that's not to say that there won't be challenges. And that's not to say that you won't push yourself Um, within those strengths. And that's not to say that, you know, everything's going to work out perfectly for the end of time and the unicorns are going to come back and like, there's going to be people playing flutes and stuff. Not that at all, but it is to say that it's a much different feeling and much different association than what most people would imagine. It feels much more like that coming home, that returning to something familiar. Um, and it feels much more natural. Um, It's not necessarily, it's usually not, I should say, this brand new and exciting thing that's going to be just ecstatic. Um, For example, you know, when Emily and and I were talking about, you know, multi-potentialites, one of the things that that she'd mentioned that I absolutely agree with is she was talking about how one of one of the strengths, not all the strengths, but one of the strengths for many multi-potentialites is that, you know, you enjoy learning stuff and you enjoy, 
um, going through and being able to embed yourself in something and very often diving deep into something. And then, um, and you've probably done that process again and again and again and again, which means you often, one of your strengths is you have a high, um, high ability to learn quickly and a high threshold for learning. And, um, in some cases, the discomfort that can go with learning because you've done it so many different times is at a, that higher threshold is what I mean by that. Okay. So what most people don't realize though, is that it's usually this combination of strengths that really allow you to pursue a passion, um, in a, in a way that's valuable or, um, even, even more importantly than that, it, it may not just be one thing. It may, it might be this it might be, you know, that you've got this, uh, amazing job that does line up and cater to, to your unique set and combination of strengths. It might be that, you know, when you're outside of work, you get to spend with these certain types of people and you're excited and, and passionate about that because the type of time that you get to spend with them is the type of time that you want to be pursuing. Um, it might be that, you know, maybe you're working on, on certain causes or stuff that you're not even getting paid for, or maybe you've got a side hustle at the same time that, that you really thoroughly enjoy. And I would encourage you to think that it's, it's really about setting yourself up in the ways that you want to be spending your time throughout your life, rather than saying there's one passion, I've got to find it. And then that's going to be it for me. And then what'll happen too is as your situation changes and as you find that you want different things and that evolves in your life because, you know, that's one of the reasons why this is so challenging in the first place, figuring out what it is that you want is because it's, it's, um, it's an every, it's not necessarily a moving target, but it's an ever evolving target. And if you're doing a great job and a proactive job on this, you're continuing to between now and the rest of your life, get more and more and more and more clarity on this. And it gets further and further and further refined and doesn't necessarily, if you're doing a good job up front, it doesn't necessarily like move from one side of the wall to the other side of the wall. Instead, it just gets more and more and more refined and you get more and more clarity about what it is that you actually want and get to know it at a a little bit deeper level. Um, and there will be some stuff, some circumstantial stuff that changes along the way as you go through different seasons in your life. Okay. But it's, but here and now (laughs) declare that you're going to stop searching for the one thing that is your passion. Instead, focus on what it is that, how it is that you enjoy spending your time and focus on lining up the things that you you do enjoy and you are excited about and embedding that into your life and in, in, in how you get to spend that time and who you get to spend it with and what are the circumstances that leverage your strengths and the things that you are good at, which by the way, the things that you're amazing at um, very often are the stuff that you enjoy too. Sometimes you've, you've, you are good at it, but you don't enjoy it and you've become good at it because you've done it for so long. Um, whatever it is, you've got this experience. You've been, you know, you've been in accounting forever. So you're amazing at Excel, but you don't really like Excel all that much. Uh, whatever it is for you, there's probably some measure of that in there too. Um, you want to separate out that stuff from the stuff where that is your strength and you're good at, plus you also enjoy. That's what we're talking about when we say your signature strength. So we'll define that. Um, well, we've got a good episode on that. 
uh, forget the number, but if you search signature strengths in on the happen to your career website, then it'll pop right up. Okay. So that's, that's what I want to leave you with. Um, by the way, happy new year. Um, you know, we're going into a new year. It's 2016. I'm really excited about this new year because we get to help a whole bunch of, we get to help a whole bunch more people just like you. And I get to do more of what I love and build and grow our business. Happy new year career has been growing rapidly at the exact same time. So, um, uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. And we've got a whole bunch of new ways planned for you that we're going to be able to help you get and stay in work that you love and that you should be doing. Okay. So one of those ways, here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to go over to whatfitsyou.co. That's whatfitsyou.co. And surprise, we have another podcast that we've put together for you. This is going to be awesome. And it'll, it'll just be getting up on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you go to whatfitsyou.co, we'll, uh, we'll make sure that you have access to the, to the episodes. There's going to be nine episodes that will guide you through this, this process. And the th- most important things that you're going to need to think about um, as you're getting on the journey to what fits you. I know that's a surprise. Weird that we came up with that title. So it's a what fits you course. And it's those nine episodes put into a podcast format. And if you are already listening to this, then I know that you love podcasts and I know that it'll be a great fit for you. So go ahead and go over to whatfitsyou.co. Enter your email. We'll send you all the information to the various different ways where you can find and listen to that podcast. It's going to be awesome. Um, And you know what? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for a great year. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for rating and reviewing our podcast. I want you to do the same thing with the, with the new one too, by the way. That's probably the best gift that you could give us. And uh, that allows us to reach other people out there too. Other people at the exact same time that really also need the same type of help and need to be moving closer and identifying what it is that they love, what are their signature strengths, and be able to make those things happen. Okay, next week on the show, we have somebody who has gone through this process that we've described, and I want to take you through their story and what they did, and then also how they actually ended up getting to the job that they love and the one that that they're in now. It's going to be a ton of fun, and I'll see you next time. Until then, Happy New Year, and hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Adios. I'm out. Thank you.